You're listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast. For more on Screening in Kingston, more episodes, info about our movie clubs, and a lot more fun movie content, visit screeningandkingston.com. Five years ago, around this time, we started screening in Kingston. I don't believe that. Yep. Five years around this ish time. I don't remember the exact date. I'm sure we're off by a couple <laughs> weeks. It but was, but it was I around here. It was around this time. <laughs> was it not like first week of classes? I think it was a week or two after though. Like I think okay. we I, you and I may have recorded sometime early on but i think our first episode debuted because i remember i was a few weeks into the fall when when we kind of kicked off like i don't think we did like a full the full season wasn't done like i think we started a few weeks late but that's wild five years definitely around now though like around ish now enough that we could say hey it's been five years wow that's one of my longest relationships <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> me too. Like Dan edges this out, but like, actually, yeah. I think this is my longest relationship. <laughs> I have to say, now that you bring that up, Taylor, <laughs> I actually think this is my longest relationship. We're like the um, Paul Rudd meme. Like, who would have thought you and yes, me? Yes, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's a funny. That's a good meme. <laughs> um, speaking very quickly of Paul Rudd, I don't know. Have you watched? Or have you, I know, I'm sure you've heard of it, but have you watched any of Only Murders in the Building? I know we talked about it. I have not seen any of it because it's on a streaming I don't own. Right, right, of course. You know, I'm such a curmudgeon, I refuse to get Disney. Yes, right, we have discussed this. Well, I have to say, for this series being all about, like, two comedy legends, and of course, Selena Gomez, the third season, Paul Rudd is the... Like steals it. Oh yeah, steals everything. Yeah, he plays a pompous Broadway actor. um, And it's like what one of the neighbors in the building. Yeah, like he lives in the penthouse, which is like the top floor penthouse, and he he gets cast in. So I guess Martin Short's character is a Broadway director and producer. Like he's a like Tony Award winning Broadway director, and he hadn't been directing in a long time, and now he's directing a show for the first time. Meryl Streep is in that show that he's directing, like, she's one of the actors, and Paul Rudd plays the star, who's, like, a pompous, everyone's heard of, big star, uh, and he plays it so perfectly. It's it's incredible. Which is out of character, because normally he's quite lovable. Yes, he's always the nice guy, <laughs> and he's an absolute jerk, and he does it so well. Like, he's absolutely just so hard to watch, because he's, you know, it's just cringe. Like, it's just, but he does it well. Like, it's it's cringe the way of, like, you hate this character. And it's because he plays so perfectly. Are they still looking for the murderer? Yes, because, well, okay, I can't, I guess I shouldn't spoil it for you. But yes, yes. Like, the third <laughs> season, it's a different murder. It's a different crime. Oh, okay. A crime okay. happens on the opening night of this Broadway show. So they, the whole series, this season is all about them trying to solve it. Because what's funny about it is, like the three characters are just people and they keep sticking in their nose and like police and, and FBI stuff keep telling them, can you not get involved in this? And they keep doing it anyway. 
and that's what makes it so funny. Like they try it's to like solve TikTok crimes. TikTok sleuths, right? Yes, like, exactly. Like armchair detectives. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. It is, and it is a good show. Like I have to say, it's it it is one of those shows on Disney Plus that I'm like, okay, they really they really did a good job with this one. Like they really hit home with it, and I. I kind of one of those shows I got to later, but eventually when I started watching, I'm like, oh, this is this is pretty good. Like, I mean, Martin Short and Steve Steve Martin, fantastic together in it. But it is it is a very well written show. And this third season, maybe because of my background in theater, I find it so hilarious. Like, it's absolutely fantastic. Well, if I ever get Disney Plus, I am I I thought about it because they're re-amping did you see that they're re-releasing not re-releasing they're um remaking goosebumps mm-hmm. I just which that. is debuting on february or february october 13th <laughs> february 13th that wouldn't be timely no it's part no. of their halloween rollout and justin long is one of the characters yes yeah also but a great I, but actor. i think i think they're planning on like doing similar like rotating the cast kind of thing like you'll see different stories. Yeah, I think it's like anthology, like how yes, Goosebumps. That's what the, sorry, that was the word. Yeah, I was trying how to Goosebumps anthology, yeah. is. Um, it's not a movie; it is a TV no. show. So I assume yeah. it's going to be like each episode is like a new story. Yeah, which that's that is really cool. Like I'm, I'm, I think that'll be a really fun thing. And and they actually got the timing right, putting it out in Halloween as opposed to like September or August uh, for your Halloween stuff. So that that works. And another thing, Taylor, that's on there. Maybe you have this on DVD, but both Father of the Bride movies are on Disney Plus. I don't have those on DVD, but great movies. Great movies, and I, I will admit to have watching them more than once since getting Disney Plus. <laughs> <laughs> it's very, <laughs> it's very comfort, very comfort watching. I, it's not fall, even my type of cozy. movie. It, yes, it's a very good fall movie. It's not even my type of, of film, but I just think they're funny. Like they're very they well funny. done, and you know, it, it sort of that sort of family because it's kind of yeah it's kind of a romantic comedy but it's also like a family comedy yeah the chemistry is great steve martin's excellent um and you get i mean you get martin short you get eugene levy too he he has cameos in in both um one and two so it's just it's funny i I think it's really they're funny movies so hey there's a lot to like about disney plus again once again not sponsored by disney not sponsored and we sound like talk about scabs we are like here we are promoting like the worst company in the midst <laughs> yes, of a I strike know. i know we're this just like not us. Plus. Yeah. we're not touting the benefits of disney plus we're just talking about the content that's on yes, it which apparently is also against strike rules but we're not part of the union so it's not part of the union so we're one other thing i wanted to mention about the halloween release date the rollout for disney plus um 30 years since Nightmare Before Christmas, they're doing like a 30th anniversary oh, um, release for it, I guess, on Disney Plus, which doesn't really make sense because it's it's already there. It's already there, <laughs> but also like it's not a DVD, so like there won't like I guess the special I sp- I guess there could be special features like little yeah, featurettes, maybe. but I'm like it seems stupid to do a big anniversary thing on a streaming platform unless there's like a song that wasn't in the original. But then that's it, not. Yeah, that's then that's not the thing that you grew up and loved. Like they, they must be doing something. Like maybe they'll do like with their other Disney products. Maybe they'll do like a sing along version because they've been doing right, that or a lot like with a the different things. Or like resolution. a different. Yes, and then and then probably special features. Maybe some interviews. Um, I think. I can't believe thirty years though. 
I saw that. And I was like, oh, God, I'm old. <laughs> like, correct me if I'm wrong, but Danny Elfman is, is still alive, right? As far as I know. Okay. Because, like, that would be kind of interesting to get, like, you know, interviews with Danny Elfman talking about the songs that he wrote and he performed one of them and, like, talking about, like, that process. That would be kind of cool. I think if you're a big fan of it, you'd be interested in that kind of thing. Yeah. But, you know. Who knows? It is weird that they're released, but hey, that's interesting. So we we share a fun anniversary with uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. It's their thirtieth, our fifth. This is fun. Like that's great. Maybe maybe we'll get to thirty. <laughs> Could you imagine? And we'll just be yelling into the void. I was just doing the math, Taylor. I was literally doing the math, being like, "Will I be alive in twenty five yes, years?" Will be alive. Like, yes, and then I know I did the math. Went, yeah, yeah. I know probably. you eat you eat a lot of cheese dip, but like you'll be okay. <laughs> yeah, you'll yeah. shouldn't shouldn't take that many years off. Yeah. You'll make another. You'll make it another twenty five. Hey, I'll have you know, I have somewhat cut down, but not really on cheese dip. Well, then I that's not. I, yeah, I can't really defend it. I. I eat a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I can't back that up. I have cut down, but not really. That's not news. No, no. I've uh, I've I've always said in my mind, well, I'll just I'll just eat better. If anything, Mike, I feel like you're going to be eating more cheese dip because it's my understanding that it's football season. It yes, that is correct. It's football season, so every Sunday, uh, I definitely have a Coke and some cheese dip or some sort of cheese related food. Like, you have to put cheese on something. So, you know, that it's kind of some sort of cheese-themed related food. But you can also, like, throw wings in there or, or oh, something yeah. like that. Like, so long as it's, like, a, a finger food. So long as it's easy to just kind of grab meat, then that's perfect. Because you got to keep... See, what's the thing? When, when you're watching football, you got to have your computer out with your fantasy stuff on there to make sure your players are doing well. You have to have a second computer out with any maybe bets that you're placing. Maybe you have prop bets. Maybe you're tracking certain things. You got your two computers. Then you got your food in the middle of the two computers. So you can eat quickly with one hand and the other one can switch between computers so no cheese gets on any of your uh, laptops. You got it all figured out. It's a, it's a whole process. Um, and speaking of football, big news that, re- that definitely relates to this podcast because we talk about Taylor Swift a lot. Taylor Swift is allegedly dating a football player. Uh, the, the, the one, one of the best players on the Kansas city chiefs, Travis Kelsey. Um, and, uh, it's been reported that they're dating. And what I saw today was his brother confirmed the rumors. Now oh, I don't, ooh. it was worded in a weird way where he's like, he's like, Oh yeah, I've heard the rumors and I can confirm like the rumor, like I, I can confirm that it's true, which makes me that, which to me makes it seem like, Oh, you're confirming that these rumors are true, that they've been spending time together and they're dating and what have you. But he still never said they were dating. The rumors were that they've been spending time together. So everyone's now so that could mean anything. That could mean anything. But everyone's drawing conclusions that they're dating. Because um, I so. saw a headline that she was seen with Maddie Healy after an award show a week ago. Is that some? Who is that? Is that someone? He's in the he's in a band, and she had a brief fling with him in January. Is he a Jonas brother? No, I think he's like a British. He's like pretty controversial. He like says oh, some pretty racy things. I think he's what? in like kind of a. I couldn't even tell you what kind of music rock. I think the band's the nineteen seventy five. I oh, could okay. be completely okay. wrong, 
But, um, yeah. So, anyways, she's, you know, she's just living her life. I also saw a rumor she's back with her, the guy she's been dating for a couple years. I don't know. I'm not even a Swifty. Everything, I said this about, I think I said this about Selena Gomez a couple weeks ago. Everything I know about Taylor Swift is essentially against my my free will. Like, I, I don't know how I know <laughs> about Taylor Swift. Well, just being, you know, you know what it's like being on the internet, Mike? Yeah. When you're, like, so online, there are just things that you know that you thought, I don't really need to know that. Like, I don't listen to her music. Why do I know that she's dating a football player or maybe back with that other guy? I don't know. But, yeah. You get a lot more Taylor Swift news than I do because all I knew about was the football player. I didn't know any of the rest of this. Well, well, maybe sure because al- all the sports are- sites are covering it. Yeah. <laughs> That's why. Our algorithms are a little bit different, right? Yes, but the exactly. fact that she's like the biggest pop star in the world, she's bound to be on everyone's timelines, whether it's because of the football player or not. Yeah. yeah. It was yeah, only a matter I- of time before she made it her way to your to your home home screen or whatever here. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like she, she's transcended the the one like the the what she does. Like uh, I transcended genre is kind of like what I like to say. When when someone is so famous, they transcend the genre and they go beyond that. And Taylor Swift has done that. Like I think I think because before the internet, especially, we siloed ourselves or people like oh everyone's heard of this musician and chant like honestly i'd be the one one of the people would be like oh actually i haven't because i don't listen to music so taylor swift has transcended that like yeah. there's no one on this planet who doesn't know who taylor swift is like i i truly believe that other than like infants other than that <laughs> george george does george. not does not know yet <laughs> who taylor swift is but that's but that's it like everyone knows and there's i think there's a handful of people whether in whatever industry you can name that have transcended it, where you can walk up to someone random on the street and nine or 10 times out of 10, they'll have heard of the person. And I think Taylor Swift is one of those. I, and I do think it's rare. Like I think it's Taylor Swift. I still think it's Tom Cruise, you know, in, in sports, yeah. you could point to Wayne Gretzky or Michael Jordan, like those where uh, non-sport fans know that name. I think Taylor Swift is at that level now. That's what's happened. Agreed. Um, we've got a lot of interesting movies to talk about today. Um, I'm really warming up for for our Halloween season, and I've got two uh, just, I'm just going to go out and say it. They're just awful movies. They're just two awful movies that I'm not looking forward to talking about. So we're going to talk about that. Um, and Taylor, you found a movie very randomly um, f- all the way from, you said, is it Dutch? Is the movie Dutch? Danish. Oh, it's Danish. Okay. It's a Danish film. Um, so we're going to talk about those today. We do have a couple of fan questions, though. Um, and first and foremost, we got to address this question right off the bat, because this is something you brought up, Taylor, last time we were recording. Um, Am I we in trouble? No, no, no. You're not in trouble. Uh, we took away. This person's on your side. Um, oh, great. So <laughs> you, I, just for some context, Taylor, we were talking about when is Halloween season. Right. And you were basically like, I'm in. I'm into it in August, into September. Like it's Halloween season. I'm ready to go. Where I was like October first. Um, so we've got someone who really agrees with you here, uh, passionately agrees with you here. Um, so this is from Cynthia, and Cynthia says, "I was listening uh, to your podcast recently, and I wanted to chime in about Halloween movies. I think the best time to start watching Halloween movies is right near the end of August. That kind of last." 
long weekend-ish area of August right up until the end of October. I think that's when things start to get cooler at nighttime, which is really the best time uh, to start watching these films. Yes, it's true that it does get warmer during the day, but I still feel like the nights and mornings start to get really cool as far as that long weekend is. I completely agree with Taylor, and I think Halloween movies are a must the minute you get to the end of August and can go right through to the end of October. And I'll even admit to sometimes watching them in November. So there you yep. go. I think it's when but November. The... Come on. That's, no, that's I agree. Good. I think it has to do with once there's a crispness to the air. Right. And November has a crispness crispness to the air before it's like the frost of December. So I agree. I think that's valid. That's valid to argue that Halloween season goes until November. I think. I think the minute it's November first, move on. Like it's, it's over. <laughs> Get the you Christmas stuff. Things. Yeah, like you had your chance. Like that's the thing. It's it's all Hollows Eve. Like you had the chance. Um, when I get to November first, if there's a handful of Halloween movies that I didn't get a chance to watch, I I have to mourn that. Like I've been disappointed within these past five years. Where I get to November, I'm like, oh, gotta wait till next year. Like I have to make a list in advance because I only have for me, I only have like thirty days. I only have October to watch all these movies that I want to watch. And if I miss one or forget one, I'm like, well, gotta watch till next year. I'm not going to watch a Christmas movie in the middle of the summer if I don't get my chance in December or in January. Like if I don't get the chance in December, you're not watching a Christmas movie January like 13th. No, I think you can watch Christmas movies into January. What? (laughs) (laughs) But it's over. Christmas is done. We're in a new year. Christmas is a state of mind. Just like Halloween. That's all. It sounds like all the... A Hallmark movie. <laughs> Christmas is a state of mind. <laughs> Starring What's-Her-Face from Full House. And Zach Braff or something. I don't know. No, he wouldn't do those movies. But um, Okay, we've got a, a couple more here. Um, okay, this is from Justin. Um, and Justin says, I wanted to get both of your opinion on something with regards to what to watch because there aren't any new TV shows. I'll admit to being someone who still watches TV on actual television. Yes, I know I'm a rare breed, but I do still like all the network television shows. And because of the strike, those are obviously being pushed back. I'm wondering if you have any suggestions for someone who wants a little bit more lighter television watching. I know this is the golden age of television on streaming, but I am honestly just not a big fan of fully committing my mind to a TV show. I'd rather do that for movies, and I like something really light to have on in the background that's just cheery. Any suggestions for television shows? So light or cheery television. I was going to make a recommendation on something that I have not watched. (laughs) But I oh, saw I saw that? a headline, but then after listening to the rest of his um, his question, I don't think this would would suit him. But I saw a headline today that um, Yellowstone is going to be on TV, which was like a streaming show from Paramount, wow. and you can get it on Amazon. And they're and, now putting it on the network. And I, 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 to be fair, I did not read the article, but it sounded like it's going to be like it's going to air on TV now. So I don't know what channel, but you can watch Yellowstone. But that's not like light, easy, breezy viewing. Like that's like um, uh, not thriller, but like, you know what I mean? Like 
crime drama set on a ranch. So that's probably not the one for him. Um, for Easy Breezy viewing um, Schitt's Creek is really great. I'm sure I've talked about it before on the show. Good Canadian show. You can get it on CBC Gem. It probably is running on um, uh, reruns on CBC now. So Schitt's Creek for sure would be a recommendation from me. Um, I don't watch like a ton of sitcoms. Um, uh, Communities one, that's really easy viewing. We've yeah. talked about that before. Um, Superstore. I, I've heard I really, a lot about Superstore, but I've never, yeah. I've never watched it. Yeah. That's what I'd recommend. That's on Netflix. And Community's also on Netflix. See, I don't watch cable TV, so I don't know <laughs> like yeah. what this, what Justin has seen and what he hasn't seen. But I would probably, I would start with Schitt's Creek, Community, and Superstore. And if you can get Parks and Rec. Those are like all really easy. I really liked the first season of Ted Lasso, but didn't watch the rest of it. Yeah, Ted Lasso is a good suggestion for something that for sure hasn't been on TV. That's on Apple. And you've probably not missed, like not seen it if you're mainly a TV watcher. And it is relatively light. Like I watched the first season too. I was, I was so, so on it, but I know a lot of people really love that show. So it's probably something that people would like. And it is really easy to watch. Like it's, it's, you know, more of an upbeat kind of comedy. Um, Cause there's a lot, you know, and Justin makes an interesting point here. A lot of streaming shows are pretty intense. Yeah. Like those for things for television versus things for streaming. Like the streaming shows are like, okay, we're investing, you know, 10 episodes in these characters and you've got to pay attention and it's root. So looking for that kind of lighter sitcom feel there, there isn't a lot of direct streaming options, but again, Ted Lasso is one that I would say fits that bill um, that was never on TV. So I don't think you would have ever seen it. Like if you're mainly just a TV viewer, it's never been on a network. So you'd have a chance there. Yeah. People also love The Office. Yeah. People watch The Office. I don't love it the same way that people love it. But that Justin might have watched it while it was on air. I don't know. Yes. Yeah. That's why I'm trying to think of other shows that are not really a on air thing and i can't i can't think of many because it's not my viewing either like i'm not huge into to sitcoms or or that kind of lighter show i know there's a couple things that i've tried that that i was only so so on like the the space force tv show for netflix it was okay um, we watched it it wasn't like the best thing in the world no, but again if he's like just fine. if justin's just having it on in the background yeah it's uh, and that's like Space Force would probably be a lot of fun. Like it just have it on the background. There's a lot of like fun comedians in it. Like that's kind of a light tone, that kind of thing. Um, okay, uh, before we get to our movie reviews, we're gonna talk about a trailer. Sometimes we do this. We talk about trailers as they come out because uh, Taylor, there's a new Exorcist movie coming out. Exorcist believers or believer? I think it's Let believer. Me. The the Exorcist believer, which is confusing because there's two girls being possessed, so shouldn't it be believers plural? And shouldn't it? Yeah, uh, yes, yes, probably, Um, (laughs) probably. This is the nunchuck all over again, where I'm like, I couldn't (laughs) tell from the poster that there was a two behind the nun. Yes, Um, you're you're correct. Now. Again, it's because the exorcist 
generally refers to the priest. Yeah. So if there's one priest, the exorcist believer, it's like, is this going to be about this priest? True. Becoming a believer? Like maybe the priest is complete. And I don't know who plays the priest. I haven't seen, um, because I, I know, because I, I, I know like Leslie Odom Jr. is one of the fathers um, and he was in Hamilton and he's been in a couple of things. I don't think um, there was a priest in the trailer I saw. No. No, which again makes me feel like if you can't, you can't have the exorcist without a priest. Like you need to have the exorcist. You have someone do yeah. the exorcist. So we haven't seen that yet. Which you know maybe they're keeping that a kind of a, a secret. I don't know. I have a lot of feelings about this because it aired on YouTube when I was not expecting to see a horror. I don't like that YouTube does this, where it airs horror movie trailers. So we watch a lot of YouTube in our house, um, probably because we don't have Disney Plus. But but for people who are not, who don't live in 2007 and aren't using YouTube the way we do in our household, um, in between videos now, they'll play advertisements. Yes. Some advertisements um, you can skip after 10 seconds. And then some advertisements are so short, you can't skip them at all. Um, and then they play like much longer advertisements, um, which you you can skip, but you have to watch like the first little bit of it, right? Like the first 10 seconds. So you're watching the first 10 seconds of a horror movie trailer unexpectedly. Like it's like a jump scare. I don't think yeah. that should be allowed, Mike. What What's your opinion on this? No, I think, I mean, Crazy, I definitely right? think. Yeah, I think whatever the ad is should match the content more so than... Yeah, I we think weren't watching... And, yeah. I think I was watching Edwardian Farm. Something like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> okay. like we often were like watching music videos. So like, sure. you know what I mean? Like, it's not like <laughs> horror mu- music. Anyways, I just... So that like, A, I was just gobsmacked that I'm like minding my own business. And they... They did this a lot when that Smile movie was mm-hmm. being promoted. And mm-hmm. poor Dan. Dan hates horror movies. Like, he'd be oh. like, oh, turn them, turn them. It keeps popping up. Actually, it kept happening It kept happening to him when he was watching a lot of TV on um, that Pluto network I was telling you about, that free TV. Yes. Um, yes. And he, he kept seeing commercials. And you couldn't skip those commercials. So you would have to watch the whole trailer for the Smile movie. <laughs> anyway, so I can't. I just don't think that should be allowed because not everyone likes horror movies. You know what I mean? And also, no. like, I'm, I don't want to see a, a trailer like in the wild, like for a horror movie. I have to be like in a like going to see a horror movie or like looking it up myself. I don't want to just be like minding my own business and then all of a sudden it's quite a scary trailer. It is, and I think I think it should only match. The content, Agreed. like if you're if you're watching, oh, the greatest horror movies of all time, or like a top ten yeah. list or something, top then ten villains that makes sense. Yes, um, I mean, I, I saw this in this trailer in the theaters. Yeah, that makes sense. Going to see other other movies, like I've I've seen it popped up, so I was a little more prepared for it. But yes, it, it would be jarring, and it was jar. Anytime I'm on YouTube and the Nun trailer pops up, it's, it's like it's jarring, <laughs> like it's a little bit. Um, which again is a movie that I unfortunately still haven't seen yet uh, because boy, is it hard to convince people to go with you to see the nun. Um, I'm not surprised. I don't know when I'll be able to see it because no one in my life who lives, the person who I would have seen that with has moved to Ottawa. So um, 
I really don't know who I'm going to see The Nun with. I might have to wait till it comes out. And it seems more scary to watch it on my phone. Uh, yeah, I think it would actually be. I think it would be better to watch in the movie theater personally. <laughs> I think it would be. Um, but yeah, like this trailer, you know, there's a lot we don't know. And what was sort of intriguing about it is like, I kind of like what I'm hearing about the setup and what I'm seeing about the setup of the, the idea of, you know, these girls going missing and then reappearing. And like that kind of puts it into the realm of, I, I really like horror movies that feel like real movies. Yeah. So it feels like there's a plot beyond the horror and it just so happens that horror is part of it. So this idea of like these girls go missing, we don't know where they are. They come back and we don't know what happened to them is the movie element that I that I kind of like when I'm like, okay, that's enough to get me like intrigued and hopefully the horror is well done that that's a part of just this plot. I was worried that maybe all the scary stuff is in the trailer because it was like a pretty scary like it was a kind of an unrelenting trailer in terms of visuals. They did not hold back at all. No, like it's, it's, there's a, there's a lot, and you just you hope you hope it's the type of thing where well there's more than this, and we're actually it seems like we're showing you everything, but we're actually showing you a snippet. But I, yes, I would also be fearful that that's not uh, true because I will say that one of the movies I reviewed today gives all the scare scary stuff away in the trailer, right? Or what would be scary? Kind of a bummer. To yeah, which is it goes against the point, I think. Do you would you watch this movie? Mm-hmm. I would. I, I I enjoy Exorcist films and I enjoy scary movies during scary movie season. So yes, I would, and I'm I'm intrigued. Like there's things about the trailer where I'm like, I don't know if this is gonna be any good or not, but they did it did enough that it's made me go, Okay, I wanna see this and I wanna I wanna see what it's like. Yeah, it will definitely be, um, it's something. I don't know. I don't know if, I feel like I've become such a weenie in my old age. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> I just, the trailer looks so scary, Mike. So it's like, ah, I don't know. And like, um, like I said, the person who I used to see horror movies with has moved out of town. And the other person who I would maybe see this with has a new baby. So like, I don't know. I don't know if I have the nerve to go by myself to see a movie like this. It's, it's really tough to, to convince people to go to see scary movies. Like it's one of those things. Unless they like horror movies. Unless they like horror movies. Like if they don't like horror movies, they don't like them and there's no convincing them. And it is like, it is tough. I think it's tougher to see these kinds of movies alone. Um, I've done it. <laughs> Boy, did I see that nun first nun movie, not the second one. I saw the first nun movie alone, and so you know, I, I'm probably going to have to watch the second one alone. But yeah, I think, I think that it's it's one of those things that you know you might have to wait if you're going to watch it at home. That might increase the fear <laughs> because if you're watching it on your phone in the in like a dark room. <laughs> it's just like I don't like I don't know. For me, a movie theater is like well, at least I'm in public. Chances of something happening is pretty low. But there's you don't have a you don't have a car. But like that the the sensation of walking to your car or like to your bus after a horror movie. It's like dark out. Walking across the parking lot doesn't that creep you out? No, I mean I walk. So the movie theater that I go to is about a thirty minute walk back home so i walk home from like horror movies and stuff and no I so even if you've seen a really scary movie that walk home isn't like oh no chills. no 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 there's nothing there's nothing to fear on the streets 
on the street. Now, in a creepy corner where your cat's staring, maybe. Yeah, that's true. Your house your can cat's be scarier. Like, yeah, like when your cat's just like won't obsessively stop staring at a dark corner. George um, has started to like look at one place in the kitchen. <laughs> and I'm like, ooh, what's going on over there? It's like yeah, a exactly. ghost washing dishes. Yeah. Like he is obsessed with turning around in his high chair, staring at the sink now. Every time yeah. he has a every time he's in his high chair, I'm like, oh, what are you looking at? Look over yeah, here, man. Just, that's the thing. To me, that's <laughs> creepier because you don't know, like with children and cats and stuff, when they can't communicate, you just don't know what they're doing. Yeah, what are you looking? And like at? my, so my cat's a scaredy cat, so every little sound makes. She's her not going to protect you. So she, yeah, not going to one, not going to protect me, and two, she jumps at everything. So even if there's just nothing, she'll sort of jump and skitter, and it's just like the last thing you want is it's pitch black. You try to go to bed and you hear skittering. <laughs> Like that to me is like stop it. <laughs> like that that freaks me out. <laughs> um, yeah, so I I mean I I get your point, but I'm you know I I I don't mind being scared, and I kind of like being scared in this way. But yeah, I mean maybe maybe your taste is just changing, Taylor. Maybe Could be. You're, you're becoming mom. less I'm, interested in being scared. I'm a mom now. Life yeah. is scary enough as is. Yeah, and you 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 have more to live for, right? You you've got to make yes. sure you make it to that car and that the nun doesn't come get you or whatever. But you um, know, I that's not to be said that I won't eventually see it. Did you did you realize that it's the sixth installment in the franchise? I've only no. ever seen the first one. I've yeah, never I didn't seen know there any of the other there's ones. Six? Yeah, this there's is six the sixth. of these. <laughs> yeah. I think all of the ones in the middle are like critically panned. But, um, yeah, this is the sixth one. Wow. I didn't know that. There you go. Six. We're already, uh, we're already at number six. Yeah. I think I've seen the first one and maybe one other, but, uh, you never know. You can, you can throw exorcism on almost anything now, which we're going to talk about because I watched the Pope's exorcist. Um, okay. We're going to get to our movie reviews. Uh, so I will I will quickly review the Pope's Exorcist first um, because that's a good segue. Allegedly frankly, based on a true story. <sighs> okay, <We're> gonna... <laughs> so I I almost I almost couldn't. By the time we were going to record, I almost didn't get to see uh, uh, Haunting in Venice. Like that's that's the other movie I'm reviewing. I got a chance to see it in theaters, but I saw it sort of last minute. So I watched The Pope's Exorcist as my backup. And it took me three viewings of this movie, of going back three times to finish it, um, because I was so frustrated with how, how, how awful this movie is. How'd you watch it? It's not in theaters right now, is it? No, I watched it on um, uh, Crave. Got it. So I, I, you know, had to basically, so I watched the first half hour of it. I stopped it and went, you know what? I'm going to find a new movie. Like I'm not, I can't watch this. I cannot watch this movie. It, it is some of the worst written dialogue I, I thought I'd seen until my other review, but it is so poorly acted and, and just has such terrible dialogue, especially the family, like uh, Russell, Crow? Is that his yeah. name? Yep. Yeah. Russell, <laughs> Russell Crow Gladiator is fine. 
and he's fine and he's fine in the role and he kind of fits it and he does it well and he plays this old Irish priest who's just I don't think he's Irish maybe he's English or he's what he's whatever he is he's using his own accent Australian or whatever he's a priest he does the role very well um he he his entire thing is I'm not convinced it's an ex- that there's an exorcism required so I investigate first and I try to solve the problem through other means. Right. Like that's what he tries to do. Not that any of this matters because they just gloss over it and be like, no, this child is a demon. In it. And like, that's just it. Like they don't even like. There is no investigation. Five, no, there's no investigation. And not even for five minutes do they make it consider that maybe there's something else wrong. It's just like, no, he's a demon. And this child is a demon. The, the mother and daughter and family, they're so horrific as actors that I couldn't even watch them. They're just the worst. And it was such an awful, awful movie. And in my viewings to it, I kept being like, you know what? Maybe it'll just get better and it'll just be more interesting. It'll get better. And so maybe it's just a rough start. Sometimes movies have rough starts. It never got any better. It got cheesier and worse. And it felt at the beginning, like it was just going to be this really grounded kind of gritty movie where you have this this you know head exorcism guy who's having to answer to a council of bishops while also having to deal with this exorcism while he's also being saying like hey they're they're not all necessarily true so so he's battling things on multiple sides and like that's kind of interesting and they hint at a bit of a backstory that the demon's trying to like kind of like get out of the priest whatever and we we kind of get a few flashbacks of him serving in a war. I don't know which one. They, they weren't really clear about that. But even when this movie set, I'm not even 100% sure because it was just so weird. And you're going to hear me repeat myself a lot because I got to tell you, The Haunting of Venice was much better. So this movie was a huge disappointment. I just thought there was it had nothing going for it. And when I compare it to movies like The Last Exorcism or The Exorcism of Emily Rose, this movie is nothing in compared to those movies. Like, it's not even worth mentioning in the same category. This is the type of movie you point to when people are like, oh, I don't like horror movies. They're super cheesy. Like, they're not any good. You point to this movie and you go, yeah, this is what they've seen. I feel like Russell Crowe, like, it's not like he's going through a divorce or anything. Like, he doesn't need to make movies. As, like, he's as selling like, his stuff, though. He did a whole thing where he was selling all his stuff. So maybe <laughs> he does know about it. Maybe, maybe he, he does need. need maybe he's not financially secure. I just feel like he's one of those, like in my mind, Russell Crowe. I would consider him an A-list actor. Yes, um, I would, yeah. older. So like maybe not acting as much as has he once was, but like to a level of stardom where like he can pick and choose projects. So like. What you're describing, it's like, why why was Russell Crowe in this movie? It's not like a um, Nicolas Cage situation where Nicolas no. Cage takes every single movie because he's in debt because of bad financial problems. So it's like, Russell, what did you see in this? <laughs> and, and to be fair, his moments were fine. Like, you can tell when he, like, the, his moments especially confronting the demon and the child which is kind of a main part like once he gets to one you know there's a little opening and then once he gets to the family 
those like internal scenes and even some of the things he, he, he's got a younger priest with him and the things he, they, he's kind of like one-on-one with them. Those scenes are good. Like you can tell he's an actor really acting his lines, but you, you have to like one of the things that happened in the, in the star Wars prequel that I always used to say when I was younger was you can tell that you and McGregor's a good actor because he's really trying hard to act horrific dialogue and he you can see he's really trying and the same thing happens in this movie where this is a terrible script this is a terrible film but when russell crowe is speaking things sort of slow down a little bit and he is really trying to give it like he's really really trying as an actor to to give nuance to it to make it work and no good amount of acting can save this thing (laughs) like it just it just didn't work this movie was awful. Not only is it a skip it, I don't even think it's worth ever talking about. And that was such a disappointment because I really want to find, you know, new movies, get scary movies. But after seeing a movie like Cobweb a couple weeks ago, this one is just horrendous. And I can't believe I even tried to watch it. And now that I got a chance to see uh, Haunting in Venice, I regret that I wasted time for no reason to watch a po- The Pope's Exorcist. So it was just terrible. Don't even like think about it. I don't think it's worth anyone watching. It's a huge skip it. All right. Might be the worst movie of this year for me. Might be. It so, really was a flash in the pan. It. I don't even remember its theatrical run. <laughs> like I, me- I know it was in theaters. I just don't remember when. I feel like maybe I saw like a little bit of buzz about it. Agreed. Don't know wherein it aired in theaters. And then, like, it was very quietly added to streaming. So yeah. that should have been so I think, <laughs> uh, that That was it. Yeah, people were like, oh, let's just get rid of this movie. Sometimes that happens, though, with horror movies. Like, Cobweb, no one's paying attention to, and it's a fantastic film. And sometimes people discover it, and, you know, the, you know sometimes I the just, marketing I would have thought with Russell Crowe the, yes. as the lead, it would have had a little bit more staying power yeah. or... A chance? Unfortunately, no. And I'll have to wait for... Again, the movie that this could have been, I was very excited for. I'm like, the idea of, like, the head of sort of, like, the exorcism. And, like, there's there's a couple scenes with him communicating with the Pope. And, like, those are the things I was excited about. Like, what are those conversations like? What What is this kind of dynamic like? And what is he being sent out to do? But they just glossed over all of it for, like, here's a bunch of jump scares that were not remotely terrifying so there you go it's a skip it goodbye to the pope's exorcist um okay taylor you've got uh one this year's choice for hardest movie title um yeah my apologies (laughs) to any of our danish listeners um the movie i watched so a little background i always like to tell people why i picked the movies i pick so i we took a week off um well, I did at least. You you aired your we aired. It was a pre record though, so yeah, I also took a week off. Oh, believe me, I took a week off. <laughs> and um, and then it was um the day before it was Tuesday. So I like to we we record on Wednesdays. I like to watch a movie yeah. on the Monday or the Tuesday, so it's relatively fresh. But I don't like waiting until Wednesday because you know if naps are messed up, I might not have something to watch. Right. So Tuesday is kind of the sweet spot. It's Tuesday, ten minutes before. George needs a nap 
and I think, oh my gosh, I have nothing to watch. I, I need to pick a movie immediately <laughs> for this nap or I'm, I'm screwed. So I go on Netflix and I'm looking at the new releases and um, I see this movie. And again, my apologies to our Danish listeners. I think it's pronounced Iron Guard, The Art of Seduction. So Iron Guard is like the name is the name of the the female sort of romantic interest of the lead lead character. Mm-hmm. So um, I I saw this movie and it was also in the top ten for Canada this week. Um, next week when this episode airs, it might not be in the top ten anymore, but it was in the top ten. So I thought, well, okay, that gives me like a little bit, you know little bit of uh, assurance that it's it's okay. It's relatively okay. It's not a complete unknown movie. It mm-hmm. is a romantic comedy, uh, a historical romance. Uh, by the looks of it, I would say end of the 1700s based on costuming um, would be my best guess. It they don't give you a specific time? No, no. It doesn't, it doesn't open with like, 1862 or whatever it's just like i can just kind of tell by the costuming my best guess would be end of the 1700s beginning of the 1800s um not victorian era yet very bridgerton um and i think this movie would be popular with bridgerton fans um it's like bridgerton but a little bit more polished or like serious i don't know like bridgerton is very like um uh what's the word I'm looking for like very fluffy very like don't get me like I like Bridgerton but like it's very like um the costume isn't quite historically accurate you know what I mean like they take a lot of liberties this is more of like a traditional um historical romance so like the costuming is like more I would say authentic um the story isn't like as fantastical in some ways um Anyways, I thought it was quite quite enjoyable. Um, it's about an hour and a half, so like a good, a very good length. Um, I thought the acting was very good. It is like a very stereotypical romance, historical romance, based on a very brief googling. It looks like it might actually be based on a romance novel. Okay. Um, the the actors had good chemistry. My major qualm with the movie was I felt like the ending was a little bit rushed. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm all for like an hour and a half movie, but like take the 10 extra minutes to wrap up the movie at the end, if you need it. Like, it wasn't like it was a two hour movie. Like they had time, I guess is what I'm saying. So that's kind of like my major issue with it. Um, it is pretty light and breezy. If, if our, our listener, Justin is looking for a light and breezy movie, (laughs) this is a a good one for you. Although it is in Danish, so you'll have to watch Danish, right? That would be the language they speak. I believe so, but Denmark. don't quote me on that. But that's what I think. So yeah, <laughs> Dane, the Danes. Um, it is in Danish with English subtitles, so um, that is just a note because I know not all of our listeners um love subtitles. But yeah, it was fine. It was a stream it for me. I I enjoyed it. It was a breezy hour and a half. Um, you know, the stakes are normally pretty low when you're watching a romantic comedy. Yeah, um, especially like straight to streaming kind yeah. of thing. Like, you know, 
You kind of um, know what you're getting into. Yeah, but I think the writing was good. The acting was good. Production value was very good for a uh, for a Netflix movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's a stream it. If that's your type of thing, many people do not like romantic comedies and they many more don't like historical romance comedies. <laughs> yeah, you but, add um, that layer onto it and people yeah. are like, nope. <laughs> it's, I think for people who like Bridgerton, they'll like this, but it's a little bit less... Um, Shonda Rhimes <laughs> a little bit I, more I like that means, but. it's just like Bridgerton is like it's like to me it's like um you've watched top. all of Bridgerton like you've, yeah, you've like seen I, the whole thing I've seen all of Bridgerton I haven't read the mm-hmm. books that they're based on but I've like I'm right. up to date on the Bridgerton although I didn't watch the prequel series um, okay. Okay. so I don't know like I, I'm not doing a good good job of describing why Bridgerton's a little bit different than historical mm-hmm. romance. But anyways, I think people who watch it can maybe catch my meaning. I don't mean it in like sure. a derogatory way or anything. It's just more like just pop. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like they have yeah. like the soundtrack is like modern songs, but played like the 1800s in Bridgerton. Whereas like oh, okay. this one is like yeah. not like that. It's like classical music. This is music. more so accurate music wise. It's more yeah. classical. It's more, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So anyways, yeah. Long story short, I can't tell you anything about the actors cause they're all Danish. I can't tell you anything about the director. Um, but it was fine. It was fine. It was mm. a stream it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it sounds like a stream it and you know, like with all of those specific like genre types of movies, like you kind of have to know, okay, is this what you're getting into that you're interested in? Yeah. To begin with. And then you're kind of, you're giving it a rating based on that type of genre, right? Right. You know, it's, it's entertaining enough. Then yeah, check it out. Um, okay. So the last movie that we'll talk about is uh, a haunting in Venice. We've of course, um, talked a lot about Hercule Poirot and, and these films because we did a movie club for death on a Nile. When that came Which out. Which we all hated. Yep. And uh, diminishing returns, I'll tell you, in this movie series. Uh, I really liked Murder on the Orient Express. I thought it was quite well done uh, and a pretty good adaptation. Um, Death on a Nile, I really enjoyed the book, but I, I really <laughs> had a lot of issues with there with, with the film. Um, a Haunting in Venice is probably the least polished, most mess, and most rushed of the three. Like, it seemed like it was thrown together. That's what it that's what it felt like. Like even down to the cinematography was jarring in not a we're gonna scare you and make you unsettled way, jarring in a you are confusing me and making me feel sick. Like I have no idea what you're trying to do accomplish here. The direction was so awful for coming from Kenneth Branagh, who's a pretty solid movie director. Like he's done a lot of good things. This this was absolutely a massive disappointment in comparison to the other two. Like this one follows Hercule Poirot going to essentially like a a house in Venice that has a history to it. And there's like a medium that's been called there. And they're basically like this woman had lost her daughter and she's trying to like get in touch with her daughter through this medium who Hercule Poirot believes is an absolute fraud. Um, And kind of just for random circumstances ends up at this house and then a murder happens and he locks everyone in and is trying to solve it while also scary, creepy things keep happening around him that are, by the way, not scary or creepy at all. They want it to be, and they try really hard, Taylor. They try so hard 
to scare to scare you and it is not even remotely startling or unsettling like there's one or two jump scares that are so poorly done that i just they wanted you to they wanted it to be scary so hard and they just couldn't do it now with that being said one thing i will say is i thought at by the end of it the like mystery and what happened and the unveiling is kind of interesting and the way he got there and the way he explains it like that was kind of still intact like if you like him you know him putting together the pieces and figuring things out like there's there is that in here and it is it is somewhat satisfying like i thought the ending was like the murder part yeah the murder part was interesting and the way he went and solved it was interesting but this movie was just so random and felt so out of place with everything else. And again, aside from Kenneth Branagh, the acting in this movie was also very bad. Like, just yeah. cringeworthy to watch. And everyone, like, this is, Taylor, this this will be a, this will be a controversial comment here. This is, like, the whitest cast ever. And everyone had crazy accents. Everyone. Like, down to Tina Fey, who had this, like, out of out of gangster New York accent, like she was straight out of Guys and Dolls. Like, Come on here, see, we're gonna get show down. Like you know, it's it was so awful. They're like, why does everyone have a ridiculous accent? Like ridiculous. And I just I couldn't. I'm looking at the it cast. Was so list. bad. I'm looking at the cast list though, and Jamie Dornan is he not Irish? Yeah. Why couldn't he have just done an Irish accent? I think he had it. I think his accent was more English in this. Like he, it was definitely weird. It was definitely not Irish, though. He was doing something with his accent, uh, and and it didn't help that he was actually playing a character that was kind of mentally disturbed. Oh. So he didn't make a lot of sense to begin with. So he was kind of all over the place. Um, yeah, like everyone, everyone was so bad in this movie that it seemed like they were doing a joke. Like Tina Fey, the whole time, she kind of had this like smug smile on her face. And and it looked like, oh, you're in an SNL skit. Like it looked, it was like that she's about to break bad. at any moment. Yeah, at any moment. And she's, and again, she's doing this ridiculous accent. And I just, I couldn't. I feel like I you're casting. It. it was so bad. Is the character, is the character she portraying supposed to be comedic relief? Because like that's weird casting to me. She plays, yeah, she plays like a a mystery writer who's an old friend of Hercule Poirot. And like, she's based a lot of her characters on him and they met like a long time ago. And she is like snarky and a little fast. Like, again, it's that like New York 40s fast talking. Why? She's got a little bit of that. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Like she's got a little bit of that. And like, yes, she does bring a little bit of comedy. That's not funny, but still that's, that's the attempt, I think. And Tina Fey, like, I've seen her in a lot of things. She she can act. Like, it's not like she's awful. Jamie Dornan can even act. Like, I, I've seen most of this cast and other things where they, they relatively perform. But this movie was just so atrociously bad. The cinematography was awful. The direction just completely was terrible. Like, Michelle Yeoh is such a good actor. She plays the medium. She was so bad in this. Like, really bad. Um, that I just, I, I, it was just such a bore. This, this is why I feel like fed. this is one of my gripes about when the lead, the actor also directs, also produces, also stars like Kenneth Branagh. You don't have time to get good performances of, out of everyone when no. you're wearing no. a million hats. 
he he could have used another eye on this for sure, a more critical eye. Because again, like he was he was fine. Like his her Hercule role is good. He is a very fine actor. He he does the job. He stays in character. He is the character. You you get where he's coming from and all these different things. You understand what he's doing. He has motivations, yes, and all that's there. But everything else is a mess. And I I just think, yeah, that that other eye to come in and be like, actually, these camera movements are jarring at the beginning. Like the whole movie at the beginning just like immediately starts and it's so off-putting. And it's just it it he get within five minutes he's at this house. Like there's sort of a little opening to kind of explain where he's at right now, and then immediately he's at this house. And it just kind of goes from there. There's a scene really early on where they do like, you know, the medium does her thing and her cupero like interrupts to like explain why she's a fraud. And everyone kind of looks at him and then looks at her and the seance continues. And I'm like, was that like, what What you say? Like he just literally debunked what she said and we're just continuing. Like no one says anything or addresses. It. Like he, he was invisible. And it made no sense. It was so like it was so poorly edited together, even as a movie, that it seemed like everything was filmed like and put put together out of order. Nothing <laughs> made sense at all. This movie's a huge skip it, and it's a it's a disappointment because I I think he's been he's really good in this. And like after Mur- Murder on the Orient Express, I was excited to see him return as Sir Cupero in different movies. But yes, I agree. I think him directing is not working. It's not helping. Yeah, just, I don't know. I just feel like you don't need to do it all, you know? Mm. I was quite excited to see this one because I thought the premise sounded great. So that's kind mm. of, um, yeah, that's yeah, too bad. What, what was interesting about it to me was like, okay, cool. Put put this logical mind in a supernatural setting and see yeah, what fun. happens. fun. And I will say the sort of like mystery around the murder and that type of thing, like that part is good. He does, like, that's really interesting. That's still good. The rest of it is just so bad that, like, yeah, if you're going to, like, watch it, at, you know, just for the sake of it, make sure you're ready to just kind of be disappointed. Because it is an hour and a half. It's a short movie. But it just, it was a snooze fest. It was so boring. It was just not interesting at all. And it was really disappointing considering the other films. Um, but there you go. Kind of That's, a dismal uh, start to our Halloween season. It Too really bad. is. It really is. Come so back again, next week. <laughs> Cobweb. If you want to watch a really good scary movie, go watch Cobweb. That's my uh, that's my recommendation. Um, thank you, everybody, once again for listening. Uh, this week, uh, you'll hear from us next week. Go see some movies. <laughs>